Entrepreneur on Fire 756. Walk around with love, man. Love, 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 love as much as you possibly can. Even the people that you think don't love you, just love them as much as you possibly can. In need of some motivation? We've got you covered seven days a week. Join John Lee Dumas and today's Entrepreneur on Fire. Hiring? With ZipRecruiter, you can post to 50-plus job sites, including social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Post a free job at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Working with an individual graphic designer has its limitations. Timing is one. Want dozens of designs to choose from in just seven days? Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. Light that spark, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Michael Port. Michael, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely. Yes. Michael has been called an uncommonly honest author by the Boston Globe and a marketing guru by the Wall Street Journal. He is the author of five books, including Book Yourself Solid, Beyond Book Solid, Book Yourself Solid Illustrated, and The Contrarian Effect, and the New York Times bestseller, The Think Big Manifesto. Michael, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight, so take a minute and share a little bit about you personally, and then expound upon the biz. Sure. So I've written all these books and I'm in the entrepreneurial space and I give speeches and all that great stuff. But I actually started as an actor. That was my first love. I went to graduate school, got an MFA from the graduate acting program at NYU. And then I went off and I pursued my dream for a number of years and I left the business (laughs) because I thought that I couldn't deal with waiting around for other people to give me work. My personality just didn't fit. I never been accused of having any patience. So I thought, well, maybe if I go into business, maybe, maybe then, maybe then I will, you know, be really impressive. You know, then I'll, I'll do something great. (laughs) And um, over time I realized that, you know, I, I think it was really the rejection that I couldn't deal with. Even though I was doing pretty well for all intents and purposes, I was on shows like Sex and the City, Third Watch, All My Children, Law and Order, uh, 100 Center Street, Down to Earth, Pelican Brief, Last Call, a whole bunch of really cool stuff. And I did tons of voiceovers. So you're a little younger than I am, but in the 90s, you'd hear 1-800-CALL-ATT. Did those, Pizza Hut, Brawn, Coors Beer. But, you know, I'll tell you, man, it, it just, the rejection day in and day out and day in and day out. And... I just couldn't do it. So that's how I started out. But, you know, then I had some success in the, in the business space and I realized I couldn't work for anybody else. So I decided to go out on my own and I got really lucky because I had all, all this failure, you know, in my past where I quit something that I love and I vowed never to do, never to do that again. Just never going to happen. And I'm never going to let rejection get me down or get in my way or people say no to me. I'm just not going to care. I'm just going to focus on doing the best work that I can every single day, serve the people I'm meant to serve, you know, focus on my dreams and go after them with, uh, with, you know, on fire, right? With yes. passion. 
And, uh, and that's, you know, that's uh, in a very small nutshell uh, how I got here today. Well, that's cool, Michael, because we are going to really do a deep dive into your journey. That's what Entrepreneur on Fire is all about. But before we do any of that, we always start with a success quote and how you actually apply this quote to your life. So take it away. So Winston Churchill once said that it's a mistake to look too far ahead. Only one link in the chain of destiny can be handled at a time. And I love that because it just reminds me, one link at a time, put one foot in front of the other, and then put the other foot in front of the other, and then the other foot in front of the other. And eventually, you'll create a solid chain link. You know, you'll, you just have link after link after link after link. And now you've got this long uh, scope of chain and that'll hold you, you know, fast. It'll hold you solid. So that's, that, that really means a lot to me. Not to get ahead of yourself. Don't get carried away. Don't look only for the big result at the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Uh, and also enjoy your time, you know, enjoy each step that you take and uh, not get too obsessed with uh, where you're trying to get, but enjoy the journey uh, while, you're, while you're trying to get there. So, Michael, this is actually a point I like to touch upon really quickly because I get this question all the time. I'm sure that Fire Nation gets this question quite often, and I'd love to know like, what your thoughts are on this and how like, maybe I can start to formulate my answer to kind of more embody this message of Winston Churchill. You know, I say, people ask me, John, like, where's Entrepreneur on Fire going to be in five years? Where's it going to be in 10 years? And I don't have the answer to that question. I don't really know how to answer that without kind of seeming, I don't know, maybe a little naive. Like, what are your thoughts? I think that's, I don't think it's naive to say, I don't know. You know, I, I, the future is uncertain. You cannot predict a result. And so what I like to do is I like to get a, a real clear picture of how I want to exist in the world. And, you know, if, if it's giving speeches on the Think Big Revolution, great. If it's teaching performance and public speaking, great. If it's something else altogether, fine. But as long as I'm experiencing the world in a way that's meaningful for me, at the end of the day, those things are less important. So maybe Entrepreneur on Fire, maybe it'll be like it is now, except you'll be getting 5 million uh, downloads a month, or maybe it'll be a TV show or maybe, <laughs> or no, or maybe you'll sell it to somebody else and you'll go and start a jet ski business in the Caribbean. I mean, who knows? You just don't know. And I, I think that we're so obsessed with the future that we don't live in the moment uh, in this, in the way we could, you know, and, and that's what I just try to remember because as I said, I'm, I'm not particularly patient. Uh, one of my greatest strengths is being futuristic. I can, I can look at the future. I, I always, I'm not interested in what happened before. I'm interested in where we're going, but at the same time, uh, I have to make sure that I don't get ahead of myself. Mm. And I think it's okay to not know. I mean, for example, the last 10 years, the intellectual property that has uh, really driven my business is based on Book Yourself Solid. That's been the core intellectual property that's driven all of my offerings. In the next 10 years, my focus, my plan is on heroic public speaking, on performance, because I was an actor, I'm a keynoter, and I'm taking what I know about acting and I am bringing it to people who want to speak on the stage. That My idea, what I see for the business is, is that being the 
the core focus for the next 10 years. So we have these two different, we have intellectual property on Book Yourself Solid and intellectual property around heroic public speaking. But I don't know because I'm not there. I have an idea. I have a picture. Who knows? So I don't say, I don't worry about it. I really don't. All right. I love that. I feel like a big weight was lifted off my shoulder. And I'm kind of partial to that last point you made about maybe selling and doing jet skiing in Bermuda. I mean, that just sounds pretty amazing. So anybody listening, like contact me in five years. <laughs> oh, right but, now, if you want to make an offer on Entrepreneur on Fire, now is the perfect time. So good. Yeah. So Michael, in, the, in our pre-interview chat, you know, I spoke briefly about going up to San Francisco recently for Creative Live and how everybody up there was just like, Michael Port this, Michael Report that. You know, this is how he did it. He crushed it. He's so amazing at delivering presentations and he just has this aura about him. And it was just all great stuff. And I got to share with you a little bit that, you know, I was able to present at Creative Live with Alex Bloomberg, who gave two full days there after my little presentation about podcasting and storytelling within podcasting. And that was one thing that really excited me when I heard that because I've done a lot of things wrong in my journey with Entrepreneur on Fire. But one thing I did do right was I always wanted to share the stories of my guests, like specific down to the ground level. We're sitting around a campfire. Take us to that moment in time. So that's what I'm going to do with you right now, Michael Port. I want you to take us to a moment when you failed, when you struggled, when you faced a massive obstacle. Tell us that story. When I was young, I was a fat kid. You know, the kid that always had to go to the husky section for the jeans. And when I was in the the eighth grade, the summer after eighth grade, I put myself on a diet. I lost a lot of weight. And I think I looked pretty good. And when I came (laughs) back for ninth grade, all of a sudden, all the girls liked me. And I said, oh, I see. The only thing that matters is being skinny and looking good. Ah, this is what's important. And, you know, a lot of people think that way. I, I think in our culture, it's hard not to sometimes. This mindset or this framework that I had started to cause some problems for me over time because all my life, I've always wanted to eat. I mean, just all the time. And I've never once ever had the sensation of being satisfied when full. I know for people that have never uh, had any issues with food, that's a, that's a crazy concept. Like, how, What do you mean you never felt full? No, but I've really never felt full after eating a meal. And, and the compulsive behavior, it got harder to control as I got older. When I was in my 30s, um, I was a new father. I was going through a divorce. I was trying to build a business. And I, I took it all on as stress, stress, and more stress. And my weight would go up and down. You know, I'd it would go up and then I'd fight like hell to get it back down. And then I'd lose that fight and it would go back up. And then I'd, I'd get it back down and it was, you know, it was back up and back down. And when it was up, I would turn down speaking gigs. I turned down TV appearances. As I got bigger, my wo- my world got smaller. Oof. And, you know, it was, it, it, the, the, <laughs> There were, um, there were times when I would run out in the middle of the night to the convenience store to buy all of the, like the mint Oreo cookie ice cream or cheese doodles or gummy bears or whatever I could find. And then I would just race home to shove it all in my face. And about halfway into this binge, because my stomach was in so much pain and 
not to mention I felt like a worthless human being. I just pour water all over what was left and I'd shove it really deep into the garbage bin so that I would forget about it and I'd go on and try to go to sleep. And about a half hour later, I'd be digging into the garbage bin to pull it out, mm. all this water-soaked, half-eaten slop, and then just to try to force it down my throat. And I couldn't stop. And at that point, I knew that the hole I was trying to fill was truly bottomless. I had become addicted to food. Now, I know that sounds strange to someone who's never had an issue with food, but it's really not different than alcohol. The only difference is that when an alcoholic gets sober, they stop drinking. And you can't really do that with food. You've got to eat. And with my compulsion, there's no moderation. I can't have just one cookie. There's never enough cookies in the bag. So I had to just give up all of what I would call my trigger foods. That's uh, sugar, white flour, anything deep fried. Because I'll tell you what, you could deep fry a car tire, and I think that tastes <laughs> <it> good. <laughs> now, that, it's, been, it's been over three years since I did that, and my life has changed dramatically. But I have to be vigilant every single day. And that, it's not like one day was a failure. It was over the years I developed this issue, and, and the day that I was able to get it under control the day that I was able to make that change was the day that I felt like my future got as big as I always imagined it could be. So, Michael, some words that you use that just really moved me was, as I got bigger, my world got smaller. And, you know, that I know will really resonate with anybody that's ever struggled with weight in their life. But this also really can be applied to many different people in many different situations. If, if I may, so, you know, maybe some people are struggling with a substance. You know, there's a lot of different substances that people struggle with. But maybe it's, maybe it's an excuse or a fear or a habit or just a way of seeing the world that keeps you playing small, that keeps constraining you. Uh, and, and, you know, pain and struggle is relative. So, you know, my worst pain for me is as bad as your worst pain for you. It's right. all relative. And, and so, you know, one person struggles with food, one with alcohol, one with drugs, one with uh, anxiety, one with depression, one with just fear, one with, uh, you know, sort of a negative view of uh, themselves or a negative view of other people or the world around them. I mean, many, many of us have uh, some predispositions to uh, some things that get in our way. And, you know, in, you know, there's a, there's another um, quote uh, that's, that, that means a lot to me is from Joseph Campbell. He said, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. The privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. And when I finally was willing to talk about this, I mean, look, it's still not easy for me to say, right. Hey guys, I was fucking digging in the garbage bin for food. Yeah. That's not easy for me to say, but I had to start talking about this publicly so that I didn't feel like I was hiding some part of myself because, especially because of what I do where I'm in the public eye to a certain degree, I have a, a status in the industry to a certain degree. And you, you know, people get this idea uh, that you're somehow supposed to be perfect. And it's important to me to demonstrate to people that, no, I, you know, I've got issues just like everybody else does. And when I started being willing to talk about it, and I felt like I wasn't hiding anymore. And I feel like I could actually finally be myself in the, in the biggest way possible, the most fully expressed way possible. And, um, and it, you know, it's made a huge difference. It really has. So Michael, this is powerful stuff. And let's 
close this segment down with you sharing in just about one or two sentences the number one takeaway that you would like Fire Nation to to really be getting out of this you know this really powerful area because you dropped so many value bombs throughout that. If we could just really focus on one, what would that be? I would say think big about who you are and also about what you offer the world. You know, fight against, consciously fight against the small thoughts that threaten to derail your plans and your dreams because you know, that's a fight worth having. It's absolutely a fight worth having, but you've got to start that revolution yourself. Nobody's going to fight those you know, those voices of judgment in your head, the small <laughs> thoughts that get in your way. People will help you fight them, but only when they see you fighting against them. Right. So, Michael, let's go to the other end of the spectrum now, because you are a guy of inspiration. You have epiphanies for breakfast, literally. So <laughs> let's, let's talk about one of those specifically that you think is just a really powerful story for Fire Nation. Because again, I'm going back to that focus on the story, because we resonate with those stories. So sure. take us to that moment when you've had an epiphany that you really think that we could grasp onto and kind of walk us through that moment, Michael, and then right. the steps you took to turn that idea into success. Sure. So this epiphany took mm, about 13 years to come to. 13 years it took me to figure this out. <laughs> I'm going to go back again to when I was an actor because I learned a lot about myself uh, during that period of time that it took me a long time to recognize. So when I would get sides, that's the, that's the part of the script that you're to use in your audition, I'd read the script and I'd look at the sides and I'd say, hmm, what are, wonder what the casting director is looking for. I wonder what they're looking for. And I remember I, one of the things I was uh, testing for was a film called Kiss the Girls. And I was to play the, the uh, serial killer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he was, but he didn't know he was a serial killer because he was this, you know, really great cop and normal looking guy, but he actually was a serial killer. So I was testing for this. And I was just so obsessed. What's the casting director looking for? What's the director looking for? What's the producer looking for? And as a result, when I went in for my final test, I was weak. I wasn't making strong choices. I wasn't driving the conversation with them. I didn't demonstrate to them that I was willing to take big risks. And really what's going on is the cast director is just thinking, all right, I hope I don't get fired. Now, I'm making a generalization here, but often what happens is if the director and producer don't find actors that they like, they'll just fire the casting director and bring in a new casting director thinking that new casting director is going to bring in different actors. But right. Of course, the new casting director brings in the same actors because there's a group of working actors in New York and LA, and that's who they bring in. But it happens all the time. Just fire the casting director, fire the casting director. They're just, they're just thinking, Michael, do something great because I don't want to get fired. Now, the director is sitting there thinking, all right, Michael, don't ask me any questions because they just gave me like $250 million to do this movie. And all I've done is music videos. So I don't know what the heck to tell you. Yeah, that's just going through his mind. I'm not saying that was the case for that particular movie, but that also happens. Right. And then the producer is thinking like, can I cast this person that doesn't have a name? You know, is not known. And he's thinking about who else he's got in the picture. You know, I want to save some money, cast this person. They're great. Uh, you know, can I do it? That's, that's what he's thinking about. And, and I realized, it took me a long time to realize it, that I was supposed to go in there, tell the cast director, this is what you're looking for. 
Tell the director, this is what you're looking for. And tell the producer, this is how you can make it happen. Now, not with arrogance, not with bravado, not as a know-it-all, still open to uh, ideas and feedback and, and constructive criticism, but making big choices. Coming in the room and saying, I've got some big choices to make. I've got some big ideas here. I'm going to bring them to the table because I believe in them. I believe in myself. And let's, let's make something happen here. It also raises the stakes. You know, people you work with, they want you to raise the stakes. They don't want bland. They don't want average. They don't want boring. They don't want safe. They don't want secure. They want the stakes raised. They want you to do big things in the world. And so those kind of big choices, make them early, make them often. It really produces big changes in the world. And that lesson that I learned there, man, I put that into my business every single day now. When I, I just sold a new book, I sold my sixth book and I sold it to a new publisher and every single publisher, you know, these are all the big name publishers, every single one of them wanted it. That was the greatest feeling. I mean, I went in there, I worked my, I hadn't had to do a proposal in years because I've been with the same publisher. I worked my tail off on this proposal. I, I went farther than I'd ever gone before. I was prepared to go into those meetings and the meetings rocked. We crushed it. It was great. And I was on top of the world. And I went in specifically, specifically telling them why this is going to work, demonstrating to them why this must be made, why I am the person that must write this book. And I don't think I would have done that 15 years ago. But again, doing it without arrogance, without bravado, including them in the process, getting them excited about it, bringing them in to help you make decisions, all of that. Is, is part and parcel for it. It's not arrogance. It's not, it's not obnoxious, but you go in there with that kind of stance. Let me drive this forward because I'm going to lead this. You need me here because I'm going to lead all of us forward because people who are making decisions about those kinds of things, books, movies, TVs, podcasts, etc., they're looking at you going, can they make it happen? They can make it happen because there are three things they're considering. Number one, does this make any sense? Does this idea the person has brought, does it make sense? If the answer is no, they don't listen anymore. If the answer is yes, they ask another question, which is, hmm, is it worth my time? Is it something that we should do? Because it may make sense, may even be successful, but it may not be worth our time because that might, be, might not be right for us. So if the answer is no, then that's it. If the answer is yes, then the next question they ask, is this person the one to champion it? Mm. Can they drive it? Can they make it happen? Because I'll tell you what, certainly not in book publishing, not in the movies, uh, you know, nobody's going to promote your uh, program for you. You're going to make that happen. You're going to the one who's going to do seven times a week. If you came and pitched it to me, said, Michael, I'm going to do this thing on the radio for seven times a week. I'd be like, really? Seven <laughs> times a week? But you could do it. And if I, if you were able to demonstrate to me that you can fulfill commitments, I'd say, absolutely. I bet he can do it. I'm going to back him. I'm going to put money behind that. And so, you know, a big part of people saying yes to you is you, you're able to articulate it in a way that's going to demonstrate it's going to be successful. Articulate it in a way that is, they know it's worth their time. Now, that, that's something, not something you can convince somebody of if it's not the case. You know, they often will drive that part of the thinking. But number three, can you demonstrate that you're the one who can do it? And if you get a yes on all three, you, you, know, you get a yes on the, on the entire project or idea. So if you can make commitments and fulfill them, people will work with you. If you can't make commitments and fulfill them, they won't. So we got to make big commitments and we got to fulfill them. We got to do it every single day. So the fact that you made seven days a week for two years, <laughs> that is somebody who can fulfill commitments. 
So I would say, you know what? I don't need to know a lot more about you than that. I would work with you because it's somebody who can make a commitment and fulfill it. That's a big deal. So Michael, there are so many actionable insights that you just shared. Let's boil it down to one for Fire Nation. Our listeners who are entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, sidepreneurs, small business owners, what's one thing that you really want us to kind of hone in on from just that great share you had? Don't wait for other people to tell you how it's supposed to be. You tell them what the shot is. You say, this is what we're going to do. Do you want to get involved in something big? So you make the big choices. You make them early and often. You raise the stakes and you make commitments and fulfill them. And people want to play with you. They want to live with you. They want to work with you and want to be around you. They are attracted to you. They want to be with you all the time. Powerful, powerful stuff. And Michael, the one thing that I just kept hearing from people that were talking about you and the books you've written and the conferences they've attended and Creative Live is just that you exude passion. I mean, everything you do, it just comes off of you, this passion and this, this transparency and just this genuineness. So you've had a lot of moments that you can label as proud moments, you know, because you've won a lot of accolades, had a lot of great things happen. But if you could just tell us the story and take us to your proudest entrepreneurial moment, what would that moment be? It's actually simple. The one that comes to mind, it's really, really, really simple. There's one of my friends who has been a dear friend since I was a little kid. Uh, and a lot of my friends I grew up with didn't really get what I was doing. Right. You know, like, what are you doing? You're leaving a, a good job to do what? <laughs> you know, this particular um, friend is a hedge fund manager. He was a venture capitalist at the time. Now he's got his own hedge fund. Um, my other best friend from growing up is a doctor and the other one is a financial analyst. So, you know, this was, this was like, what, what are you doing? So, um, Ben, my friend who's now runs the hedge fund, he sent me a note one day and he said, you know, when you started this, you know, I thought, well, Mike, Mike, Mikey can do it. He calls me Mikey. Mikey can do it because, you know, Mikey usually can do the things that he puts his mind to. He's like, but I still thought it was kind of wacky. I didn't really get it. And then um, I saw your results speak for itself. But then I actually experienced it myself and got results. And that to me meant the world because he, he got it. He got it. And I never felt like I was seeking his approval or anything like that. Right. But it was just such a nice thing to have the people, you know, they say you can't make old friends. <laughs> you can only make new friends. Right. So you and I, we meet, we become friends. We could become great friends. Yeah. But your friends from when you were 11 years old, very different type of friendships. So I just felt really proud that I was able to help one of my friends, you know, who I grew up with uh, in a way that was really meaningful. And, and it, I just so appreciated his, his uh, expression of that. So maybe it seems like a little thing to some people, but uh, to me, it was actually quite a big deal. No, I resonate with that. Um, one of my oldest friends came out to visit me in San Diego, and we went on this long jog here right in Mission Beach and went out to the jetty, and at the end, and we sat there, and we saw a couple dolphins off in the distance, and he looks at me and said, you know what, John? I didn't really know what a podcast was, but I knew that whatever you were going to do, it was going to become something. He's like, but I didn't know it was going to quite be this. He's like, yeah. just last week, my brother-in-law you know, came home for dinner, sat down and said, 
you know John Lee Dumas? Like, do you know what this guy's doing out there? And like, he's like, just like, like the brother-in-law was like so impressed that my friends knew me and in fact was an old friend. And like that to him was just like, wow, like John, you, you've really done that. So I totally get that about old friends. I was never seeking that approval, but yeah. getting that, Michael, it was like, yeah. wow. Pretty cool. And you know, what's interesting, you know, some of us, you're younger than I am, I'm sure. No doubt about that. 34. 34. Yeah. You're, so I got about 10 years on you, but you know, some of us, are, are some of us have have found more opportunity for ourselves in the second stage of career, maybe even third or fourth. I say that because you know I did okay when I was an actor coming out of school, but yeah, I mean, like the 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 the, the flight attendant recognized me from something I did in 1997 when I was sitting on the plane last week. <laughs> so that does happen, but I was not famous. You know, I wasn't rich. You know, I wasn't doing what I wanted to do and I left it and then I did something else. And then, you know, I uh, took a couple of years in the corporate world and then started this thing. And so, you know, it took a while to, to really find my legs, so to speak. And, and many of us, many of the people who are listening to your program are looking for their legs. Do you know, I mean, they've, they've always been capable. They've always done a good job, you know, at, at whatever they're uh, into at the moment. But they want to play a bigger game. They want to go to that next level. And they're wondering, you, you know, is it too late for me? Do I have, you know, another wind in me, second or third or fourth wind? And I think some of us just need a little bit more time uh, to, to ripen, you know? We, we just need a little more time to, to, to flesh out really how we want to express ourselves in the world, what we're most passionate about, maybe a little bit more time to be willing you know, to go out and, and, and stand up for what you believe and, and say, look, you know, I, and then your name, what you stand for. Like, I stand for thinking big, right? You know, you stand for passion, for being on fire, right? For igniting. Yes. Stuff. So if we can find that thing and say, you know what? I'm not going to play it small. I'm going to go out in the world in a big way. I'm going to stand up for that thing. And I'm going to find my legs and I'm going to make my second or third or, or fourth, you know, iteration of my professional life something big and something exciting because, you know, the days aren't, they're not going by any slower. No, absolutely. And I think you nailed it, Michael, with who you're speaking with today, with Fire Nation, is that, you know, a lot of us are looking for our legs. And, you know, I am like on my fourth iteration. You know, I was an officer in the Army for eight years, four active, wow. four of the reserves. Then I went to law school. Then I tried corporate finance. Then I tried commercial and residential real estate. And, you know, it was all these different swings of the bass trying to find that connection, which yeah. for me ended up being podcasting with Entrepreneur on Fire. So awesome stuff, Michael. Thank you for all these incredible words. And what I want to do with our chat today right now is bring it to present times and talk about you, Michael Port, today. What is mm. the one thing that has you most fired up right now? It's teaching performance. You know, I have a, I have a school of heroic public speaking. And I'm really working to help people stop speaking and start performing. Because when you are on stage, you're putting on a show. And I'm not saying you should be juggling and dancing and all that kind of stuff. I'm saying that you are there not only to educate, but to entertain, to enthrall, to move, to inspire. And that's performance. And so I'm taking what, and I'm so excited about it because, you know, I feel like I'm back to my roots. I'm taking what I know about performance. I'm taking my training. I have a master's 
for three years, I studied at the graduate acting program at NYU. We studied voice and speech and movement. And we did, we studied clowning and juggling and mime. <laughs> and we, you know, we were doing literally six days a week, 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. each day. And I now can take that to people who want to speak on the stage and I can turn them into real performers and I can do it really, really quickly uh, because of all this training. And, and that's a very unique um, differentiation uh, in this world of, of speaking. So I'm so excited about it. I have a program uh, called Heroic Public Speaking Total Immersion, and I love it. Uh, we're actually in now. Am I allowed to say this? We're in a launch mode right now. Can I say that? Sure, that okay? totally. Yeah. Um, if you go to heroicpublicspeaking.com forward slash special, you can see a video that I've made uh, all about it. It's heroicpublicspeaking.com forward slash special. And, um, and if, you know, if you also want to get a download, I got 50 tips for you that will I absolutely guarantee will make you a better speaker today for free at heroicpublicspeaking.com. I'm going to tell you, man, it's like to get to see somebody find their voice to, to express themselves, you know, to help them get their message across because, you know, ultimately when you are performing, you know, you're here doing the exact same thing. You are trying to get people to think a certain way, to feel a certain way, to do something specific. And you need to perform in order to do that. I love this, Michael. And I definitely want Fire Nation to take notes. Listen, heroicpublicspeaking.com slash special. This is the opportunity if you've ever felt like you needed that push into that arena where you know, you're no longer just getting up and speaking or communicating, but you are putting on that performance that's going to be memorable. Because there's that great quote, and I'm sure that you believe in it 100% too, by Maya Angelou. And I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but you know, people aren't going to remember what you say, what you do, you know, X, Y, Z, but they're going to remember how you make them feel. And that's, yeah, that's what presenting does. And that's what performing does. You make them feel special because they're watching a performance and you are on top of your game. You are on fire. And Michael, we're about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Back in the late 1900s, when weblogs began to appear, authors had little to say over how content was displayed. Full posts appeared in chronological order and blocked text beneath a banner with either a right or left sidebar. That was it. These days, you need to make every visit count. Your homepage is your point of contact with both first-time and repeat visitors, so you want it to be visually appealing and easy to navigate. Remember, your website visitors don't have a ton of patience. You only have a few seconds to hold their attention. Luckily, we have 99designs to help us make our sites both beautiful and user-friendly. 99designs is the world's largest marketplace for graphic design and gives you access to over 900,000 talented designers. So whether you're looking for an eye-catching website design, a sleek new banner ad, or icons to help you drive more traffic to your site, 99designs can help. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. That's 99designs.com slash fire. Fire. Are you looking to grow your team, maximize your time, and start putting systems in place that will help you run your business most efficiently? I know firsthand that growing a team isn't easy, especially when everyone's seeking out the best candidates. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 50 plus job sites, including Craigslist and social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter 
all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. With an interface that's easy to use and that tracks all of your job posts and all of your candidates, you'll be growing your team in no time. Plus, it's easy to find your best candidates because ZipRecruiter.com will automatically highlight them for you. Try ZipRecruiter to find out why they've been used by over 200,000 businesses. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Again, try ZipRecruiter for free. You must go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Michael, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sounds great. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Nothing, actually, honestly. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was just desperate to do it. I, I'd say the only thing that I suppose was holding me back is I, I didn't have any, any money. I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. How am I going to you know, pay my rent? So I was waiting until I got my bonus. I knew nine months before I was going to leave that uh, I was going to go. I said, nine months, I'll work on the business. I'll get my bonus and I'll go. And then within pretty much three months, I had no money left. So... <laughs> 18 hours a day, whatever it took, I just had to make it happen because I was not going back to work for somebody else. Michael, what's the best advice you've ever received? A mentor of mine once said, I asked, he made, he made $50 million by the time he was 30. And I said to him, why? Like, I don't, how, what? I don't get it. <laughs> he said, he said, well, look, here's how I see it. There's all this money out there. Somebody's going to pick it up. Might as well be me. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. It's like, of course, of course. Why not you? Why not? <laughs> Love that. Michael, share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. Mm, I'm very, I constrain my schedule very well, I believe. The way I book my schedule is from the inside out. So, um, so I try not to book on anything, uh, on the beginning of the week or the end of the week. So my first appointments on the phone or, or any kind of meetings, middle of the day, Wednesday, then I move into the morning on Wednesday and then the afternoon on Wednesday, but never before nine and never after four. And I do the same thing on, uh, Tuesday. And then if I need more, I put on Thursday, but then Monday and Fridays are blocked, you know, usually for writing development projects or just hanging out on my boat. Cause I spend as much time as I can on the water but that's been really, really helpful. So because I think when you dot different things in your calendar at random times, it's incredibly uh, unproductive and you end up having these really, really long days. So I can get more done in a short period of time uh, than most people can over a long period of time because the length of time you have to do something is generally the length of time it takes to do it. So you just constrain that time, focus better, and you'll produce more. So Michael, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? We're in love with Asana. It's a project management tool. And asana in yoga means flow. And uh, it helps us with our project management because it takes us out of email. And all of our communication is in the system so we don't lose things in email. And it's been really effective for us as a company. I love it. And I love that uh, I now know how to pronounce it correctly because everybody says Asana, but I can say, no, it's Asana because that means flow in yoga. Maybe they call it uh, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, Asana up at headquarters but it, it's spelled like, you know, and here's the thing, the fellow who created it, it was the former, one of the, you know, the original former founders of um, Moskowitz, I think his name was, uh, Facebook. Yeah, he Facebook. said he created it, he called it Asana because he want, it was about flow, right. finding flow and work. So 
That's why. No, it totally makes sense. And yeah. Michael, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, and all of your amazing books will be right next to this one on the show notes page, what would it be and why? I think, I'm just going to say two because they follow each other. Emotional Intelligence and Social Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. Emotional Intelligence and Social Intelligence. Because emotional intelligence is, emotional intelligence is about handling your own emotional life, how to manage your emotions day to day. And then social intelligence is, of course, about uh, interaction with other people and the world around you. And both of those things, I think, are uh, foundational, really key elements to doing anything in the world in a big way. Love it. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook like this one or these for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Michael, this next question's the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Okay, this is the worst thought in the world came to mind, (laughs) Um, but I can't help but share it. because. Okay, this is so off-brand, but I'm sharing it anyway. I I would just start the porn industry because <laughs> it's the only industry in the world that always makes money. No, I'm just kidding. What I actually would do is um, is I think I'd start a stock exchange. I'd start the stock exchange, and and then of course I would buy every stock that uh, you know that was issued, and then I'd sell them. Eventually, I'd have a ton of money, <laughs> but uh, but I'd, I'd want to own that. Or or my God, this is like you could go never ending with this. Yes. Or I'd start a bank. I, that's what I would do first Ooh. thing. I'd, I'd lend out my five hundred dollars, charge people interest, and then I'd have a bank because. I got to sound like a horrible person, but <laughs> you're definitely focused on compounding that wealth. Nothing's wrong with that because you can no, do some no, amazing because, things with that. Then you can do all sorts of amazing exactly. things. You'd have an enormous amount of power in which to do it. Exactly. That's why I tell Fire Nation, never be ashamed of producing revenue. Never be ashamed of turning your business into a viable business with revenue because once you do, then the world is your oyster. Then you can do some amazing things. I'm able to go down to Guatemala in 2015 and build a school for the developing countries because I have the funds that can do that. It's my, you know, it's my charity for 2015 because of the revenue that I generate with Entrepreneur on Fire. So I love that message. And Michael, Let's end today literally on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, then we'll say goodbye. So michaelport.com is the best place to get access to all the different things we do over here from Book Yourself Solid to uh, uh, coach training programs to the School of Rogue Public Speaking, etc. As we said before, if you want 50 tips on public speaking, go to heroicpublicspeaking.com. And if you want to learn about our total immersion program, go to heroicpublicspeaking.com forward slash special. And, you know, walk around with love, man. Love, 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 love as much as you possibly can. Even the people that you think don't love you, just love them as much as you possibly can. May sound corny, may sound sappy, but, you know, when you are lovely to other people, you feel a lot better about yourself. So, Uh, The single greatest act of any one individual thinking big is helping others do the same. So thanks for the time. Thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. 
Well, Michael, you're a rock star, and John Lennon did did have it right. All you need is love. And Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Michael Port and myself today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com, type Michael in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up, or just go straight to michaelport.com or heroicpublicspeaking.com slash special to check out what he has going on over there. And Michael, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. And for that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks so much. Fire Nation, you'll be prepared to launch your podcast, John Lee Dumas style, after attending the free podcast workshop that Kate and I host every week. Text paradise to 38470 to claim your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite.